Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do. We're right now reading in the Ancient Path devotional, and now we're going to get into the Apostles' teachings. We're reading in the Ancient Path devotional in the book of John. And tonight we're going to do um, expository uh, an expository teaching where I'm going to be reading the scriptures uh, in chapter 17 that we read a few days ago, and we're going to be gleaning, say gleaning, turn me down just a little bit, gleaning from the Lord in those areas. But, you know, this, this whole thing is called the high priestly prayer, chapter 17. So the first thing I want us to recognize is that our Lord was a person of prayer. Now, he's the son of God. He, he had the power of God inside of him. I mean, he had the power to heal. He had the power to, to control weather. He had the power to raise the dead. Yet, he was a man of prayer. And a lot of times, this is an area that we pass over. I, I think if I ask everyone in here, is prayer important? Let me ask that. Is prayer important? Yes. But we don't prioritize it. See, I think we know it's important, but we don't do it because we don't prioritize it. And that's one reason people are not people of prayer. Well, to be followers of Jesus Christ and to walk in the same power that he walked in, we have to also be people of prayer. And Jesus extensively taught us about prayer, not just in his teachings, but throughout all the scriptures. We see that any of the men and women that we admire were people of prayer. So one of the reasons people don't pray is because they don't prioritize prayer. I prioritize prayer. Prayer is going to be the first major activity of my day. I get up, get myself awake, make me some tea, put Cindy's coffee going, and then I go sit down with my Bible, with my journal, and I am going to pray because I prioritized it in my life. And people that say, well, I just don't have time is not true. Everybody in here has time to do whatever they want to do. And so we have to prioritize it. The second reason a lot of people just don't pray, and I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings in here, but it's because they lack discipline. And they have a, just a lackadaisical laziness about them. That just, you know, no, you know it's important, everyone said it's important, then you got to ask yourself the question, why aren't I doing it all the time, if it's important? 
Why am I not doing it all the time? Another reason people don't pray, to be honest with you, is because they really don't believe. If, if we really believed that if I get up and give God some time, and it doesn't even take a lot of time, if I give God some time and I pray, then my life is going to be significantly different if I pray. And it's such a simple act. It doesn't cost anything. You can do it anywhere. Yet people don't do it because they don't really believe that it has a significant difference in their life. So unbelief, I believe, is the greatest reason people don't pray. Because honestly, and people will say you believe, but what you, we say with our mouth is not what we believe. What you do in your life is what you believe. Because everyone does what they believe. So if we're not praying, then you've got to ask yourself, am I not prioritizing? Am I lazy? Or am I at a spot where I just don't believe? Or have I just gotten disappointed? And I prayed and nothing happened like I thought it was going to happen, so I'm just not praying. So now you don't trust. So what's the point? I'm here to tell you that it's the most important activity we have. It's the most important activity that we all need to engage in. Our Lord was a man of prayer. He prayed all night. He prayed early in the morning, got up before daylight and prayed. When something was going on, he prayed. When a circumstance, he prayed. And so it's, it's not just waking up praying, but it's praying all throughout the day. I was on the phone and I was in multiple situations and circumstances today where before I got off or before I left, I said, let's pray. And I prayed and asked God to do this and to do that and to help us. We've got to become a people of prayer. If we're followers of Jesus, he is a man of prayer. It says he never, he never ceases to make intercession on our behalf. That he's praying all the time. So we too need to be a people of prayer. Who would say, I need to do a little bit better in that area? Then let's start doing it. But we're going to dive into his prayer. This is a priestly prayer. It's a very important prayer. This is the prayer that he prayed when he was interceding to the Father. And then he had the garden after this. But this was the prayer right before he's going to be in the garden. And he, and he prayed this prayer because he knew that his time was up on this earth. So he prayed to the Father this priestly prayer, they call it. Are you ready to dive into it? So starting in verse 1, it says, After saying these things, Jesus had just taught them some things. By the way, about prayer. Matter of fact, he had just told them, he said, look, I'm telling you to pray to the Father in my name. And he actually said this. 
He said, I'm not saying that I'm going to, don't ask me and ask me to pray for you. Just pray to the Father. He loves you. And I don't have to pray for you. He hears you. He hears you. And I think that's another thing in Christianity is we have forgotten the Father. And yes, it's, it's awesome and we need to embrace Jesus. He is high and lifted up. He is king. But Father is the God of all. Even over Jesus. And so, and when Jesus said to pray, who did he say to pray to? The Father. And in these instructions, the chapter right before this, he says that very thing. He says, pray to the Father. It's, 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 almost, uh, it's almost like we're treating God where I can't really go to him. I can only go to Jesus. Or he don't understand me, but Jesus does. They're one. And he doesn't like, by the way, being excluded. You know, one of my kids, it was funny, uh, their kid was with me, and the father came up, and the, the grandchild didn't want to leave me. And, it, you know, it could hurt your feelings as a parent, right? And that's how the father is. That he's there, and when we're not wanting to go to him, he has feelings. And it can hurt his feelings. And so we need to go to the Father and be people of prayer. That's what he was teaching them. He was just teaching them this. Then he goes and he says, after saying all these things, teaching them about prayer, it says, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, now let's stop right there for a second. I doubt if we get through this whole chapter. So... <laughs> He looked up in heaven. Now, all of us have been taught our whole life, probably because of preachers like me, let's bow our head and pray. Am I right? <clears throat> let's bow our head and pray. But when you start studying how Jesus prayed, Jesus, on, on multiple, multiple occasions, Always looked up and prayed. His eyes wouldn't close. We think we have to pray that my eyes got to be closed, my head got to be bowed. No, he looked up. And he talked to the Lord. I remember when God healed my eyes. <clears throat> Supernaturally. Miracle. I was outside. And I'll never forget, I just looked up. And I said, Father... I said, I know, eyes wear out, I'm 40 years old, that's just the way it goes, and there's nothing wrong with that. I said, but I'm going to ask you, could you give me just a few more years of not needing glasses? I was 40 years old, and I was already using glasses. It was either the next day or the next day, it might have been two days later. See, sometimes when we pray and we don't see it happen right then, we think, well, oh well. And that unbelief robs you of what was coming. See, I prayed and I said, God, Father, can you do this? And then I waited to have a sudden moment. And I did have that sudden moment. That sudden moment was all of a sudden I picked up my glasses to read one morning and I can read. I didn't need them. I was like, what? 
And I put them aside. And he healed my eyes. And now I'm 56. And I don't need glasses. Matter of fact, my eyes are getting stronger the older I get. What I'm saying is, I looked up. I just looked up and said, Father, can you do this? Because I was outside. So I looked up and asked him. I want to encourage you to start looking up when you pray. Where is he? Doesn't it say that we should, you know, look up in the Bible and say, come, Lord. He's not down there. I know some people down there that didn't know Jesus. But he ain't down there. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ. The Father is on the throne up there. So I think we can all learn from our Lord and start looking up. Now, there are different ways to pray. I'm not saying that bowing because Jesus did pray on his face. He did lay on his face and pray. And there's different postures in praying. I mean, you see Daniel got on his knees and with the window, but I think he was looking up. But he got on his knees and he bowed and he looked up. You can pray standing up. We're told to pray with our hands lifted when we gather together. Some of you are like, why would we lift your hands? Because the Lord said so. When we pray, we should pray like this. Pray like this, with our hands lifted. Lord, that's just saying, Lord, Father. You're saying, God, I can't do it, but you can. You're saying, not by my power, by my might, but by your spirit. And so it's, Father. So we're called, when we come together, it says, lift up holy hands. Without wrath or dissension. So when we have wrath and dissension among us, God doesn't hear us. He says, without that, lift up holy hands and pray. So we have all these different ways to pray, but I think our Lord, go and study that. Multiple times, Lazarus, when he's in the grave, what he said he did, he looked up and he prayed to the Father. I think we can learn something from that. I've seen God move when looking up and praying. I've seen supernatural miracles take place. Many supernatural miracles that only by the power of God and the hand of God could take place. But you got to pray to get them. By the way, a little unbelief can rob you of major miracles. Jesus went to his hometown and couldn't do many miracles because they didn't believe. They had a familiar. To them, oh, we're doing this again. See, when we come to church and we think this is familiar, you come to church and you think, oh, that's just Pastor Mark. I've been knowing him for 10 years. Then you get a familiar spirit. You no longer can hear God. Because the familiar spirit has gotten on you. Quit looking at the donkey and start looking at the one who made the donkey speak. Amen? He looked up. Let's start looking up. Try it. Father. Look up. Say, Father. Watch what God will do. Watch what our Father will do. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. The hour has come. I definitely know we're not getting through this whole chapter. 
The hour has come. Some of you are like, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. It's been years. The hour will come. And you need to be ready for it. What about the man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years? Kept believing and praying, but couldn't get to the water for 38 years. But the hour came. You never know when that hour is coming. Like Pastor Terry taught, when the hour comes, do you have the all for it? Because if you don't have the all for it, you miss it. I have, I have watched this take place as a pastor. Because I know people's lives. And I've watched this take place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help me to remember that. I've watched this take place where I know what someone is going through. And I'll be like, ooh, wow. This Wednesday night, man, God's going to just give it to them. Man, this is what they need. This is the word of the Lord. I sent forth my word and it healed them. People look for healing in all the wrong places. Just like they look for love in all the wrong places. I need to write a song. Looking for healing in all the wrong places. And I know, God, man, they, they, this is for them. And they don't show up that week. So many people in, 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 the, in the kingdom of God, in the church of God, don't take advantage of the times of God that he would have moved in your life. And because they allow the devil to keep them from here. And the hour had come for them and they wouldn't hear. And they missed it. It might be a long time before we pass by again. Your hour, you better catch your hour. Don't miss it. God, God will move. Or they come, and because they have that familiar spirit upon them, and I preach the word of God, which is, is the oracles of God himself. And I don't say that. The Bible says when you preach, don't let it be like you're preaching it. He said, let it be as the very words of the Father. But they had the familiarness. Oh, this is just Mark. I know his flaws. I know, you know, his shortcomings. I, I, I know all this about him, so I can't receive from him. And therefore, you miss out on your hour. If, you, if you're looking for the, the perfect person... Before they can share the gospel with you, you'll never get saved. Most people can't hear from their spouse. Oh, I'm meddling now. I ain't listening to you. I know you. When that's the one that God wants to heal you through. But in your pride, you can't hear what they're saying. Hmm. So then we dictate to God, I'm only going to listen if you do it this way. 
Good luck with that. Good luck with that. He's probably going to do it in a way that you don't like. So that you can crucify your flesh in it. Humble yourself before the Lord. And he will exalt you when he's good and ready. Your hour will come when he says it comes. But when it does come, are you ready for it? I'm ready for my hour, Lord. That's another thing. There's no expectation. Go to Wednesday night church, just eat me some beans and talk to someone, sing a few songs. Man, I can be, you know, at the house doing what? Watching a rerun? Doing what? Scrolling on the phone and things you shouldn't be looking at? Doing what? This is the greatest thing you could ever do is to come to the house of God and glorify his name. Can I get an amen? And yet there are those, even in this room, that still have a, 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 a resisting spirit. Here's news for you. Don't expect anything to happen in your life good as long as you keep that. Because the Lord says he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And then he will exalt you when it's time. Get rid of your stinky thinking. Your stinking thinking. Get rid of your bad attitude. How can we have a bad attitude when we're worshiping the Lord God Almighty? Well, you can have a bad attitude when you don't realize that your salvation, what it really means. That we're all bound to hell. But God, before the earth was even formed, had my name and said, I want that boy. But God sent his son, Jesus, that we would be saved. We have every reason to give him glory, honor, praise. Every reason. He seeks for people to understand that. Hmm. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. See, a lot of times I think we want God to do something so that people can look at us called fame. Give me a blue check. Make me an influencer. Let people see how good I'm doing. The favor he gives to you has nothing to do with you. The favor he would give to you is so that you can turn it and give it back to him. You see, you forget that you're the moon, not the sun. The moon has no light in itself. The only light that the moon has is what it gets from the sun. So when people say, ooh, they look out and say, ooh, you look pretty tonight. Man, you look full tonight. 
We need to go. Thank you, but you need to know something. They didn't come from me. They come from him. They come from him. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's why when you see people accomplish something, uh, like in sports or whatever, what's, what do they do? They get up and say, first of all, I want to give glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to thank God. You know, I was pleased when uh, Mike Johnson, who's a good friend of mine, when he became Speaker of the, the House in the Congress, what's the first thing he did? He, he said this. He said, guys, I did not get here because of anything of me. I am only here because God called me and God put me here. And then he prayed and he said, oh, God, if you can use me, then use me. You see, we're here that when 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 something good happens in our life, we must return and give glory back to God. We must return and give glory back to God. Hmm. Okay, we'll go to verse two. For you have given him authority over everyone. He's talking about Jesus. It's interesting. He's talking about himself, but he says this. He says, you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to eternal life. Now, this is Jesus praying. This is the way to eternal life. This is Jesus saying this. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So eternal life is what Jesus did. The greatest thing in Christianity, we think the greatest thing was forgiveness. Forgiveness was just what had to be done to get us to the greatest thing. The greatest thing he did was reunite us to the Father because we were separated by sin and kicked out of his kingdom and his glory. And he said, because of what my son did, he now reconciled you back to myself, the scripture says. And that's the great thing that he did, that we're now reconciled to God. Not that he's far off. But he's near that we can go to him at any time and have confidence in going to him. And then he says, I totally get it. I know that you're weak. I know that you're pitiful. I know that you trip. I know that you fall. But I want to tell you something. I sympathize with you. And if you come to me, I'll, I'll make it so you quit tripping. You quit falling. You quit messing up. Because I will give you help in your time of need. Can I get an Amen. See, that's, that's what he did. That's eternal life. To just not know about the Father, to know the Father. To know the Father. He's not, he's not L only to me. L meaning God. He is Father. And I am not just some other human being on the earth. I am a child of the living God. I'm an heir to the kingdom of God. I have been made righteous by the King of kings and Lord of lords, by what he did on the cross. His blood covered me, 
and he made me as white as snow. He made me holy. And I come to God not on my own merit. I come to God through what Jesus Christ did. And the Father receives me. I come to the mercy seat. And I receive mercy to help me in my time of need. It's knowing him. Maybe, maybe that's another reason we don't pray to him because we don't know him. Maybe that's a, another reason we won't jump out of our skin in our shoes when we worship and talking about this great name that saved us all is because we don't know him. Hmm. He's a good guy. I love him. The father is amazing. There's no one like him. There is no shifting shadow in him. There is no bad in him. There is no darkness in him. There is only good in him. There is no failure in him. There is no disappointment in him. The Bible says anyone who comes to know the Lord shall not be disappointed. I have never been disappointed with God. I've been disappointed with me. I've been disappointed with others. But I've never been disappointed with God. Can I get an amen? Because he doesn't disappoint. When we believe, when we're in relationship with him. To know you, the only God, Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I want, I want to stop right there. I brought glory to you here on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. You know, some people exit from this earth because their work is done. John the Baptist finished his work. Why would John the Baptist die? Such a powerful guy. He was only on the scene for a short time and he's gone because he finished his work. When you finish your work, you're done. But you, what glorifies God? By finishing your work. Now, here's the other side of that. Some people leave here because they won't finish their work. And the father goes, why should I leave you here if you're not going to do what I've called you to do? This happened to a famous missionary who was actually getting older, probably about my age. And they were telling him, you need to slow down. You need to take it easy. You worked hard. So he got on the ship. He said, well, I guess I'll go take a break. And he got on the ship, and he was going back home. And uh, he was just meditating, praying to the Lord. And the Lord said, well, I guess I don't need you anymore. I'm going to take you home. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? He said, I didn't call. I didn't, I didn't put you on the earth to chill out. I put you on the earth to make a difference. And if you're done with making a difference, then I'm done with you on earth. Whoa. Whoa. I'd rather go to him completing my work than go to him because I didn't complete my work. Anyone with me in here? Then we have a work to do. That he prepared beforehand that you would do. That's what he says. He says, I prepared beforehand 
this work for you to do. Now get with it. Do it. Do it. Some of you think, what is this? That means, how do I know what it means? What do I know what to do? What's God's will for my life? That is so stinking easy to know what God's will for your life is. First of all, you can't have stinking thinking. You can't think like the world and know God's will. Matter of fact, you have to sacrifice. You have to, you have to offer your body as a living sacrifice to God, your life as a living sacrifice to God, one that he accepts. In other words, one that's wholeheartedly. And then you got to say, okay, I'm offering you myself, and I'm no longer going to think like the world, but I'm going I'm to change the way I think by transforming it to what you say. Then I can know what the perfect, good, acceptable will of God is. So it's easy. If you're not sold out 100%, your life is his, let me tell you something. You'll never know what the will of God is. But if you are sold out, here's another easy part about it. You wake up, you pray, you walk along with the Holy Spirit, with the awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life, you, you do your best to follow the teachings of God and help people around you and share your story and hear people's story and share God's story with others, and you're going to end up exactly where you're supposed to be. You ain't got to make your way. You don't have to maneuver. You don't have to do any of that. You just glorify him. And you'll end up exactly where you're supposed to be. Hmm. But if you don't live that way, you end up exactly where you're not supposed to be. Hmm. Hmm. Looking for love in all the wrong places. All right, John 17, uh, verse 6. I have revealed you, I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now I'm gonna keep going because I want to get to something. Now they know that everything that I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. So that you got to accept it. Remember that? You, you got to accept it. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you missed that hour. All right? My prayer is not for the world, but for those who have given, you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now, I am departing from the world. They are staying in the world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now, this is what I wanted to get to. Team, come on up. Team, come on up. I need the whole team up. You have given me your name. Now, I want, you to, I want you to see this, okay? Now, protect them by the power of what? Of your name. So how are we protected? By the power of his name. Hmm. Guys, 
The name of Jesus is so powerful. How many of you have ever uh, had a demonic dream where in this dream you felt yourself being overpowered and it was like there was nothing you can do. You knew it was a force that was more powerful than you were. But then you started and you were like, oh, and you started trying to say the name of Jesus. And it was, it was hard just to get that name out. But then you get it out. And when you say, oh, oh, Jesus Christ, then the evil would just go. Who's ever that happened to? Guys, that's the power of that name that we don't use. That we don't use. You got something going in your life? Look at it and say, by the name of Jesus Christ, mountain, get up and move out of my way. And it's going to move. If you believe in the name. That wonderful name. Come on up, team. Who we got? We missing some? Well, you it. Come on. You singing. You know that song? All right. That name, the name of Jesus. You sick? Quit complaining about your sickness and talk to your sickness. Sickness, in the name of Jesus, you submit to the will of God. You get out of my face. Use that name. A person's loss, your child's loss, in the name of Jesus, get a hold of him, Lord. Remember, I told y'all a story. I was overseas, literally about to be in gross sin. And this guy back in Crock Springs, Louisiana, a whole ocean separated us. I was praying. I know Mark is about to do something he's not supposed to do. Why? Because he's in the spirit. Reach out, Lord, and convict him. Reach out and touch him where he's at. All the way across the ocean. The name of the Lord come in that place. Boom. And I'm like, whoa. I didn't even know what it was. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And they were like, hey, people laughing at me. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I just know what I mean. I can't do this. Why? Because one man knew the name of Jesus Christ. And he knew that the name of Jesus Christ, oceans couldn't stop that name. The distance couldn't stop that name. Even, watch this, even my rebellion to God couldn't stop that name for coming in and convicting me. That's power. That's power. Ah, okay, this came to me, so I'm going to say it. I'm going to let you go in a minute. Well, probably three minutes, four minutes. So, I remember doing uh, the rodeo, and the first time we did it in Lamar, and I had a guest speaker come. He was a, a professional bull rider champion, and I'll never forget this. The whole arena, you know, is full of people, thousands of people, probably you know, probably three and a half, uh, 3,500 people, 4,000 people, something like that. 
And I, I sent him out there to speak and during a break, and everyone was, you know, not really a break, you're supposed to listen to him. But everyone was just moving around and talking, and no one was listening. And for 10 minutes, he was trying to talk, and no one was listening to him. And so I'm just sitting in the corner going, hmm, hmm. And I'm mad because what I see is they're disrespecting God. And I'm like, hmm. And so Pastor Dino pat me on the shoulder. He said, it's all right. I went, hmm. And I just walked out there in the center and I grabbed the mic from him. And I said, hey, in the name of Jesus Christ, sit down. And everyone went, boom. The whole place. People stop and they all sit down. I said, this is holy ground. I said, now, who wants to give their life to Jesus? And 200 people came down. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Can I get an amen? Stand to your feet, everyone in here. Stand to your feet. What I am telling you is this. The name of Jesus can move mountains. The name of Jesus can heal the sick. The name of Jesus can open up doors. The name of Jesus can give you favor like no one else can. The name of Jesus can break sin off your life. No one moving. No one moving. No one going out, guys. We are not done. Get back in here. You ain't going nowhere in the name of Jesus. Look at me. In the name of Jesus. And I don't care if you get mad. Because we will not disrespect the name of Jesus in this house. Can I get an amen? We will not disrespect the name of Jesus in this house. Do I have anyone that wants to close this out with lifting up the name of Jesus? Come on, anyone want to lift up the name of Jesus? Lift him up in this place. You have no right. 
Appreciates the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Guys, just to let you know, I love you. I appreciate you. We serve a great God. Amen.